Welcome to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast, presented by HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, and its Digital Marketing Council. And now, your host, Lauren Gray. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Hospitality Digital Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 127. We are airing Friday, October 28th, 2016 where every week we spend around 20 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in digital marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show that airs earlier in the day, uh, This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 10.30 a.m. Central U.S. time. So, with that, let's get started. Uh, Recap of show 64. My co-hosts this week were Mr. Tim Peter from Tim Peter and and Associates and Mr. Robert Cole from Rock Cheetah. Uh, The three of us tackled a few very interesting issues. Uh, Early on, we started, I had a bit of a gripe um, about the overuse of the hero's story. It's been around now for the better part of two years as a means of explaining how hotels should model their marketing strategy based on the 12 steps of a hero's storyline, whether it be used in Star Wars, Harry Potter movies, pretty much any heroic novel has 12 components to it. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this is called the Campbell 12 Steps, and the link to that discussion is in our show notes at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast, or directly to the posting for today's podcast which will be at hospitaldigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast 127. Uh, actually, podcast slash 127. But anyway, so we talked about the goods, the pros, the cons about that. And what we really did was translate that storytelling isn't so much about the hero's journey and trying to translate your market strategy into these 12 steps process, but rather about creating story as to whom and what your hotel is. Uh, That is simply not a commodity of room type, rate, availability, amenity list of pools and color TVs and so forth, but rather it has an essence to it. Its location provides value. Its decor provides value. Its architecture provides, provides value. Its history provides value. All of those things, your service culture, your team. Um, what aspects of your hotel, whether it has restaurants or spas, provide a story to your hotel. And that's the story that's used in context for creating categories in your social platforms, uh, categories of stories for those who are traveling for off the beaten path or cuisine or historical and cultural. And you relate your hotel into the context of these storylines and weave it in such a timeline that at the apex of these storylines, they arrive and during the business cycle of highest opportunity for booking for dates of events. Uh, every hotel has events, every hotel has holidays, every hotel has business cycles. And there are prime booking windows for all of those. And to take your story, your message of what your, uh, your hotel is, and put it into the context of categories of interest based on the type of demographics that arrive at your door, and then place that in a timeline that you can present your information not as a hard sell, but as a continuity of a story as to how you play a role in being near something or associated with something or in sponsorship of something or be that something that you come and see. 
um, you put that in, into your story platforms and your social media so that at the time that people are most interested in taking advantage of whatever it is you're talking about under that context, whether it be an event or business or holiday, business cycle or holiday, you're then introducing them to the value proposition you want them to know about, whether it be a package offer, a price offer, availability, um, additional travel information, amenities, whatever. That's when it, that, that information has the highest value to improve your conversion. It's integrating something that we've said many times before of a revenue strategy to a digital marketing strategy, combining the data from both disciplines into a single entity of strategy. That's the real value proposition that storyboard and storytelling creates with them. Um, we went now a little bit more in depth uh, past that and uh, talking about some of the articles that were uh, of the topics today. Four Seasons launched a research and discovery room uh, for R&D. We talked about the pros and the cons. Mr. Robert Cole, having been a previous uh, work uh, employee of Four Seasons back through its progression of development, took a little harder move, position on this as being a bit of a waste of time and more showboating and just for PR purposes that the uniqueness, as he has often pointed out with Four Seasons Market Strategy, is its mosaic, that each property is a curated piece to a larger picture and that they are not because of their similarities to the other pieces in the puzzle. And he equates that to similar luxury brands that tend to homogenize their curated message that they are similar and that they, the similarity is what is brought to each of the markets that the hotels are located in. Four Seasons takes the mosaic approach, which is each hotel is unique to the markets that they're in and they collectively represent what Four Seasons represent as quality of service. So he took a little bit of offense to the idea that a discovery room uh, homogenizes because no room in Four Seasons is the same. So why would you create an R&D section to build an homogenized room. So we ventured on two different tracks of conversation with that. Um, the other was we talked about curated travel versus uncurated travel and the expansion of internet, uh, the internet and awareness. We talked about how um, uh, traveling used to be, uh, foreign travelers would get on a bus and the bus was curated. It went from point A to point B and during that process, it contained its language, it, con it contained its culture all within that bus, literally. So that only destinations that the bus went to catered to that that culture, that that language, uh, they were familiar and comfortable with it so that the foreign traveler did not feel displaced. We talked about Chinese guests from China when they first started coming to the U.S. and also our U.S. experience is going to foreign countries that also were in the reverse of, of cultural awareness of ours and how the internet has changed that to, to the, the travelers are literally running away from the bus now. They're wanting to find an adventure out past what was being curated by them because the internet has given them that ability to become aware of so much more more things that they're interested in individually than collectively having to contain themselves in a bus and have it as curated as to what's only been being presented to them. So we had a fun conversation about that as well. Uh, we did talk about Expedia's earnings and Airbnb's evaluation report that just came out. Uh, that was around minute 47 into the show. And of course, the growth of the value of Expedia venturing beyond itself is just a distribution channel, but it's, it's scary tentacle connectivities between what it's done with Marriott uh, vacation travel for package opportunities, Red Lion when it comes to membership opportunities, that it's beginning to put the pieces together, its ownership of meta search platforms. Uh, and when you start combining all those functional capabilities along with the very rapid growth of AI, artificial intelligence, you begin to see how they potentially could create their own curated package capabilities, the ability to say, we can bring all this to you in one well-wrapped package, your flight, your cars, your food, your, your accommodations, your events, and 
because you're willing to do that through us with all these things, we can reduce the prices of those things into a package value, which is always inherently the value proposition of packaging. Um, and because of that, they can turn into a different Expedia than what we see today. Um, we also talked about um, video uh, and, and some of the news that is it also this link is uh, introduced into the show notes for today. And that was that Snapchat is getting into uh, feeling more lo- a lot like TV. And we had a fun discussion about this because uh, Tim made uh, Tim uh, Peter from uh, Tim Peter and Associates made an excellent point to this. I was on the track of how long is a good video? Uh, you know, when you're doing promotional videos or quick bite videos, anything past two minutes is terrible because you lose so much attention span past two minutes. And here Snapchat has made an announcement that they're wanting to start creating TV like shows that only last eight minutes. And uh, my comment was that it was very much because of a short attention span that we have as a society now and he made a very good point he said when you make videos where the length of the video is contingent upon the content and who's listening to it that's the proper length of the video and it made a lot of sense that uh, he gave the example that if you're if you're making a eight minute video with only 45 seconds of content it's not going to go well by the same token if you're trying to do 45 second video with eight minutes worth of content it may do okay but it won't do as well as it could be if it was given the legitimate amount of time And so you think about making little snippet videos uh, that have story plot and line to them that eight minutes long. If you really took a TV show and took away the commercials as all of us do when we record them and play them through, they're usually about 20 minutes long. That's not a far stretch from eight minutes. And also, too, if you figure about bite size videos and the fact that most people binge watch and Tim made this point as well, you know, we binge watch shows. So eight minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour isn't really the issue. It's the continuity of the storyline, aka content again. So if Snapchat does go into this world, because of course they have the snap glasses that are out now that are going to do video capture of your real world life experiences, and they are getting into the world of video engagement, then eight minute videos might be it. That might be something that, um, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, But a very good point was also made by both Robert and Tim that if your audience is the Snapchat audience, you need to be a lot more in tune with your audience than most hotels are when it comes to editable, definable, quick, consumable, interesting content than just the I have a storyline or a sales pitch to make. And that was a very good valid point to be made from that. then we went off and talked about flying cars. <laughs> um, Robert made the point, and the link is in our show notes, about Uber is getting into flying cars. They actually are building a flying car, which brought and expanded the conversation again about automated cars. Uh, of course, recently in the news, there was uh, an 18-wheel vehicle that uh, drove 55,000 cans of beer uh, called Auto that Uber had that uh, drove it across it for a beer run. To make the point that, uh, and this upgrade that auto can do to trucks is only $30,000. So truck drivers can be assisted in their workload by having, uh, all they have to do is like a pilot now. Uh, they have to get the truck on the road and then they don't have to worry about it. And the truck just drives itself on the road until it's ready to get off the road and then the driver takes back over. Kind of like a pilot, making sure you take off, put it on autopilot, take it off autopilot before you land. So that's coming. Uh, it's a real, the real thing. So uh, <laughs> We've had that discussion before about autonomous vehicles and the impact of what our lives will be like with that. Uh, we did also talk about the fact that Acor and uh, LinkedIn did a combo called um, uh, Business Finder, uh, excuse me, Business Check. 
Um, and this was to say that when you travel to an Acor hotel with a collaboration and sharing your LinkedIn information, it would then help notify you of anybody surrounding you that might be a business opportunity or business uh, relationship that you would not have known was in your destination. Uh, and by the same token, those in the destination may not be aware that you came into market. Uh, it's kind of a be able to be a, a B2B meet and greet kind of functionality to it. Now, LinkedIn already has this service and it was discussed between the three of us that we kind of think that this is a solution in search of a problem. Uh, it's there, how well it gets used, because obviously not everyone, all of us know in LinkedIn are business links for us to generate business from. Sometimes they're just professional acquaintances. And it's not necessary for us to make our announcement at the town that we're in town or the need for us to reach out to them because we're not trying to do business with them. They're just business acquaintances. So there are some aspects to this that I don't think are fully fleshed through. I'm sure there is some value proposition, but that's also handled for the fact that LinkedIn does have apps that you can download that will do the same thing for you and let you know and let those that you do know know that you are in town. So not a really unique aspect to it, but definitely one that... Uh, they're still trying to find a, a problem for to be a solution for. So that was pretty much the recap of what we uh, discussed in the show. It, uh, it, for being such a short recap, we did uh, have a two-hour conversation out of all this. There are, of course, other topics. And, of course, all of these show, no, show notes and links associated with what we discussed are available at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts as well as forward slash live slash 64, which is the show number, as well as forward slash live. Um, there is a topic that we're going to expand on next week that I wanted to kind of spend a little time with on the podcast today. And that is, I was asked uh, by a friend and a colleague uh, for their own hotel, they were reviewing guest messaging services. And so I thought I'd deep dive into looking at what services were available in addition to the ones they were asking me about and came up with a list of three, six, eight different platforms. Uh, all of them have a unique twist to them. Ironically, all of them use the same general platform to create the engagements and connectivities from a, a yet another source. So it's not as if they are all rewriting history or rewriting their own stuff. They're just taking different aspects to getting to them. Uh, and these links uh, that I'm about to list off for are in the show notes. Uh, but to recap what they to, to cap what they are and to know that next show, we're actually going to spend some time and dissect a little bit of the variances of these on the live show and on the podcast recap. Uh, the first one is called Glowing, glowing.io. Um, I liked the platform. I thought it was robust. I thought it was uh, innovative. I do like the reporting process of this. I like the variability of what you can do with it. I mostly like the fact that it uses existing platforms, SMS platforms, and so forth to dialogue with your guests and with your staff uh, so that no, there's no overlay. There's no need to add things to what you need for this to work, uh, which I thought was a huge value asset to what they were proposing. Try Whistle, another one similar to in concept. Zingle. Then there's Benbria. Checkmate, which was just recently acquired by TrustU, which is the um, only real combater to TripAdvisor when it comes to customer engagement on it outside of OTA spectrum. Um, and Checkmate uh, was purchased by them. Um, then there's a Zoozap, Time Global, and then Alice. Now, Alice is probably the more mature out of all of these in the sense of development cycle and so forth. But to make it clear, they're also owned by Expedia, which goes back to one of our earlier points of conversation that Expedia 
is getting into realms of engagement and realms of serviceability that are beyond what an OTA has historically been in our world of marketing. They are connecting to a membership programs, as in with Red Lion. They are connecting to packaging programs, as is with Marriott vacation programs. They are now connecting with client or excuse me, guest engagement at the property level. So even though they may have booked directly with you, Alice is an engagement program for your guests that is owned by Expedia. So they in turn would have that level of opportunity as Expedia to talk to your guests via an application that supposedly is helping your service levels, but in fact, you're feeding data and engagement and connectivity to your guests to Expedia. So something to think about that you also not just have to look at the service capabilities of the platforms, you actually have to look at who owns those platforms and who's sharing that data and access with you. And that's that's something to consider when you look at these as well. Um, it was also kind of interesting that... Um, we were looking at, and I'm pulling up the link as I'm speaking at the same time with this, was uh, the scary world of AdWords targeting. And uh, this was an article on our search engine land that I thought was uh, especially interesting because it reminded us of how comfortable we are with what has changed in just a few years. And so I'm actually going to read a small piece out of this article. Uh, the article link, of course, is in the show notes. But I thought that this brought home a lot of what we're so grabbing the next thing and so quick to absorb the next thing that we forget how fast or how much territory we have covered in changing our marketing strategy and also what we have surrendered in that process and the willful attempt to get better at our marketing strategies. So the piece that I want to read out of the article starts with how would your 2006 selves respond to our advertising toolbox of today? One, you can target ads to people based on their income level who are also currently at the airport with advanced geotargeting. Two, you can follow your potential customers around with the very products they looked at but decided not to buy with, with dynamic remarketing. Three, you can trigger ads to people based on what they said inside their emails with Gmail ads. Much of what we internet users and advertisers deem as normal would have been considered creepy or just plain impossible. 10 years ago. With demographic targeting and search, cross-device attribution, and much more. Remember, cross-device attribution just happened a couple of weeks ago, all rolling out this year. It's time to ask, what's next? What will be the new norm for 2026? Okay? So, think about that. It, it, 2006, first off, maybe because of my age, does not seem that far ago. But that's 10 years. And 10 years ago, what we just went through, advanced geotargeting, dynamic remarketing, extraction of content out of Gmail, demographic targeting for search, cross-device attribution. All these things simply just did not exist. And plus, if you said to somebody what we can do to our marketing profile uh, targeting now to somebody back in 2006, they might go back and say, we never would let that happen. That's an invasion of privacy. Now, we just accept it. That's some of the transition issues that we have with this. So, Food for thought. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Again, that article is in the show notes for uh, uh, this podcast. I'd look at it for, um, it's called The Eerie Future of AdWords Targeting. Uh, the list of links to all of the guest messaging services I referred to are also in it. We will have a much more in-depth discussion on next week's show, uh, both live and podcast, about each of them, where we'll just dissect some of the specific serviceabilities of each of the platforms and potentially have one or two 
of the product reps uh, for them to speak on the show, on the live show at least, uh, to kind of give their take on their uniqueness and their value proposition. So with that in mind, that gives us our 20 minutes of wish of time. We don't want to go past because we went a little over last week. And I like to keep it where it's in commute time, where you, we can talk to you for about 20 minutes. And you can do that on the train or in the car on the way to work without having to listen to the second half at a later time. So remember, you can find us on Google Play or Apple iTunes or TalkShoe or SoundCloud or Stitcher. No matter which one you may use, if you... Uh, uh, like the show, please rate us and leave us a compliment and compliment <laughs> and then whatever. We'd love feedback as well, of course, uh, on any of the platforms that you're discovering us on. Also, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe to our show on any of those platforms as well. And for an archive of all the previous podcasts, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. I'll give you a, hit, a link to all of our previous podcasts. Remember, this is episode 127, so we go back a ways. And don't forget our live video talk show that you can join in and participate in every Friday at 10.30 Central U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing. Uh, the host platform is on hauza.io, H-U-Z-Z-A.io. It's better or simply uh, better to go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. There you will see the link to the upcoming episode and upcoming episodes past it, as well as previous episodes uh, for the uh, the whole year that we've been on Hausa so far. We've been on Hausa and Blab. We've been on it for well over a year, but Hausa's uh, been for the past few months when Blab died and went away. So with that, that is hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. If you have questions, if you have topics you would like to make sure they're discussed, or if you feel that you would like to join us as a guest to the podcast and be interviewed and discuss a particular topic, you can reach out to me at podcast at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com and I'll be happy and will promise to respond to every inquiry or suggestion or feedback at podcast at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. So until next Friday, uh, hopefully you have a wonderful Halloween weekend, have a wonderful Halloween on Monday, and we will talk to you next Friday. Till then, take care. You have been listening to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast with Lauren Gray. Presented by the Digital Marketing Council of HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All views expressed are those of the host and his guests and do not reflect upon HSMAI or the sponsors of the podcast. Podcast and its content is protected by international copyrights. Any use not authorized by hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com is in violation.